since you've been. I know, right? Well, hello, everybody. And it is so awesome to see you all with my immensely unshaven face. I promise I won't look like this next week. But we are here for uh, the first of our final three recap episodes. We've got this round, which is final five. Next round, which is the purge, where someone doesn't get voted out. They just lose the challenge and go out. And then that takes us right into the final three, which turns into final two, which is the finale. We'll wrap all that up in one big lump sum episode. So you only have to deal with us for three more weeks, or unfortunately, you only have to deal with us for three more weeks, however you um, want to say it. So today, as always, I am joined with my co-captain over on my screen. It's this way. Dustin. Hello, Dustin. How are you? I'm very well. I think your beard kind of thing, your scruff, fits in well with um, the panel here today. Oh, that's true. We're we're masculine guys tonight. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of masculine men, we have right below me in my screen over here this way is Michael, our favorite Final Five member. Hello, Michael. Hi, guys. Very excited to be here. It's not often that I'm called masculine, but I will take it and run with it here today. Um, and then something we didn't say last week, which Dustin is always good with the reminders, but we were like hit the ground running last week because it was a double jam-packed episode. But just a reminder, and Dustin, let me see if I do this right. If you're commenting on Facebook, don't forget to let us know who you are because all it says is Facebook user. So we don't know who's saying hi, hello to my three favorite faves. I'm at work, but hi, hello to all of you. And then remember if you're, oh, I just hit myself in the face with the wand. Oh, um, and then if you're commenting on YouTube and everything else, we should be able to see you. So let us know. Oh, one of the Facebook users is Lexi. Hello, Lexi. Oh, Lexi. Yes, I don't have my shot glass again, but I do have I do have my wine glass with my wine version of a Lexi shot. So for those of you that are drinking with us tonight as we recap episode eight, which was what we said we were on yesterday, but duh, I always do something crazy for episode seven, which is why it was a double-double. We are technically on episode eight. So for those of you tuning in with, uh, with us on episode eight, if you'd like to join in and have our little Lexi shot with us, cheers to all of cheers. you. Cheers to the two of you. And I'm excited to recap one of my favorite rounds. <laughs> I feel like I say that every single time we come on here. But uh, this one was... And the whole back third of the game was phenomenal, in my opinion. That's where all the great gameplay came, the super detailed Big Brother competitions. So we will get into all of that. But, Michael, I have a question for you. You were on our podcast yesterday, or not yesterday, last week. And we usually ask people a little bit of questions about their personal lives. We had so much to talk about last time we didn't get a chance to. So are you team... My New Year's resolution is still holding strong. Team, fuck that, I dropped it. Or team, what's a New Year's resolution I stopped doing that years ago? Uh, yeah, so typically I don't do New Year's resolutions, and I guess I didn't really do one this time. Um, I am on, like, speaking of Lexi shots, I'm on a, I'm on a bit of an alcohol cleanse, you know? I've taken, Ooh. you know, a couple weeks off, and I, I guess, if anything, that's kind of where I'm at. So, you know, just trying to approach the new year with uh, a more healthy mindset, for sure. Good. You're clearly not a teacher because I try doing dry January, but being a teacher, I cannot. <laughs> what about you, Dustin? Holding strong, gave it up, never had one to begin with. Um, I guess my New Year's resolution so far has been being more connected. Uh, the folks here tuning in, um, I'm connected also to the Facebook page. So um, Erica is also in the comments. 
she did that uh, shout out for that. Um, and then Kendra tuned in right here. And then, of course, our other prod member, um, Peyton, right there. Yes, Peyton, Peyton you, you missed it, but always... we're just do, so let's do another one. Cheers, Peyton. Yeah. Cheers to Peyton. Yeah, so resolution-wise, I'm more of a, hey, there's something that I should change. I should just do it now. There's no need for a resolution. Um, but my biggest one, I guess, was back in like 2020 when I quit smoking. Ryan Seacrest said, Happy New Year. And that was the last of it for me, so... Let's go. Mm -hmm. There you go. I'm all about competition. Well, so if there's anything I can win, I'll take it. And speaking of competitions, we've got two really, really great competitions today, um, tonight, in tonight's episode. Um, I think this round as a whole, with the competitions and the gameplay and the speeches and everything, is one of my favorites because we got to utilize a competition that I've always won wanted to play but after watching like live in person realize i don't ever want to play i don't think um and two is on the big on actual big brother us and they've done it a couple of times it's usually a fan favorite massive tweezers are involved i think our version was a little harder i learned our lesson from you guys as my guinea pigs playing this maybe we shouldn't be doing this face down on the floor I'm definitely going to be standing up if we to, are ever to do it again. But um, just to do a quick little recap, last week we had a double-double expulsion episode. So this resulted in saying goodbye to both Amber and Pete, which was a pretty big chunk of the quote-unquote real foot alliance that was going on throughout the house. Um, leaving Michael and Stacy as the only real foot members left. That's right. Yes. Yeah. So the sole survivors of the real foot, quote unquote, alliance, whether that was real, uh, really a foot or not, um, I don't really know. Maybe we can talk a little bit about that. And then that brought us right into the next double expulsion where I invited some of the Slytherins from last season, James, Marvin, and Frank, to kind of evoke some drama in the house and all of our students have to run around and pick different shops to go into a nocturne alley hoping that they didn't see a dementor or not a dementor a death eater if they saw a death eater they had to compete in a little mini challenge together the winner advanced the loser was eliminated that resulted in a final death match between partners kendra and dewan dewan neither one of them have having ever won an hoh um, which resulted in Kendra taking the win and uh, Nick playing a billion and one powers the round before didn't really matter because this was the round where Nicholas favor went out. Um, so we lost three really strong players last round, which resulted into the final five being one, two, three Ravenclaws with Stacy, Kendra and Antonio Michael as a Gryffindor and Tori as our Slytherin. So let's start there. What are the thoughts like when you heard me say, congratulations, you survived the last double expulsion of the game. There are no more double expulsions left. Final five. Um, you've played quite a couple of different live reality games. One of which I think is still airing right now. So we don't want to like spoil any of that, but in comparison, um, where does this placement rank in your arsenal of competitions that you've played, Michael? So, um, 
I played Real Foot twice. I played Big Brother Missions twice. And Real Foot, I got 11th place both times. And Missions, I got 7th place both times. Um, and uh, so this was definitely a record for me. And coming out of like, because I, I survived both of the double evictions. I was on the block for both of them. Like, I was coming out of that really? feeling hot. Regardless, like, having lost some allies, you know, I still had Antonio. I still had some ends with Kendra and Stacy. Like, I, I felt really good at this point. And I guess we kind of, not to jump ahead, but like, I thought I had the game in the bag and I was really disappointed when I didn't. Yeah, we get I, to see we get to see emotional Michael tonight. So I'm very yeah. excited to show the beautiful emotion that this fine young man displays throughout the course of the round. We've been doing the confessionals that people have said, and Michael, you've been either here present on camera with us or you've been watching backstage. Has there any been big revelations from you or just surprises that from what people said in confessionals that you didn't really know at the time? Honestly, no. Things kind of went the way I expected most of the time. I think the big one was, and it still went my way, but I was kind of shocked that Antonio was considering keeping me as much as he was. I thought it was a slam dunk, but uh, you could see in that confessional last week, he was, it almost seemed like he was, he, he could have flipped a coin at that point. And uh, so, yeah, I didn't realize how close that one was. Uh, speaking of coin flip, we have I was just going to say here, like Michael, <laughs> yes. this up perfectly. Like you've done this before. Uh, hi, uh, Kevin. Um, Kevin, I can't remember if Kevin played season one or season two. I think it was season two of the BB org online. And I forget what it was, but it was some, he had to like decide between like literally flipping on the house and not flipping on the house. And he was just like, I don't know what to do. So I'm going to flip a coin. And the coin flip resulted in massive chaos. People were scrambling. I mean, we had like org veterans against first timers. And this was like drama right before the pandemic started. I believe this was when this season happened. So that was a wonderful comment. Kevin, it's awesome that you're still in the group. It's awesome that you're following along. And maybe we could get you as a OG BBH representative in a live game sometime. You should apply. It would be wonderful to see how your game transitions live from playing online. So for those of you that don't know, I hosted seven seasons of this as an org. And then when the seventh season ended, I announced the live version of the game. So that's kind of the birth of BBH, the LRG. So hello, Kevin, and thank you for watching. So yes, uh, lots of chaos, lots of coin flipping. Um, I've been surprised at all of the confessionals because I had no idea what was happening. And uh, this is the, this, we'll get to the pop comp later. But this was the only pop comp, this was the only competition in the entire game that I didn't get to see play out. So I'm very excited. I was like making sure that the final five weren't talking to each other. So I stayed inside while they played their power of prefix competition. So this will be the first time that I see this competition and I'll probably learn something new. We'll probably only watch mostly the Michael portions tonight just because Michael's with us and we were a little long last week. So I'd like to... I always say, oh, well, it'll be a quick hour and then not. But I promise this time we are done. We are done by 10 p.m. Eastern. So let me share my screen here and let's get to the first HOH, which was, or BHOH, this episode, which was the stacking, the mini potion bottle stacking. So, Michael, I promised people when the applications were coming out and even after people applied and had got casted, I was dropping hints and stuff on the Facebook group leading up to the game. And I promised you will be playing iconic Big Brother competitions. So when we walked you down to the garage and we opened the door, 
We saw these little mini vials of potion with these giant tweezers. What's going through your head as a Big Brother fan? Happy, not happy? What are you thinking? As a Big Brother fan, I was excited to try an iconic competition, obviously. Like I and I felt like it was true to form. You know, I was laying on my stomach, but like I think skill-wise, it still required the same uh type of minuscule agility. Um as a person who has just chronically shakes at all times, I knew from the get-go I never had a shot in this. And uh I'm pretty sure you can hear me yelling obscenities throughout this video as I became frustrated that I could never get to a second level of these bottles. Yeah, I think we're, I was also sweating a lot. Like, it <laughs> like was I was so wet. Hot. <laughs> yeah. We were in the thick Nashville heat. Um, I, you know, like, thank God we went to that big GFS grocery store and it got these huge boxes. Cause these really came in clutch here. Poor, it was Peyton who did all of this, I think. Oh, that's something that I wanted to mention at the start of this episode. Because it's just Michael tonight, Dustin and I thought it would be a cool idea to kind of talk about what it's like running a live reality game, specifically with the There's my book. Uh, what it's like running the challenges. So there's a billion and one different things going on 24-7 during the house. We have to make sure, A, that the students aren't cheating, right? We take their phones, we take their laptops, we lock them all up. We actually put everyone's cell phones in a big gigantic cauldron which was really cute and we gave everybody like 10 minutes in the morning and 10 minutes at night to text and call their loved ones so there was that side of it but a lot of the times we're all doing a bunch of different things so in the round prior um while they were running around avoiding on hell who's banging on the doors I believe it was paid and it wasn't you, Dustin, or was it you doing this, cutting the boxes? Um, so I started this process and then um, I left because I had to go pick up a big giant cake with everyone's faces on them for the finale. Oh yeah, right. I'm nice being notes to you. So really, this is the challenge I haven't seen. And then the next challenge you didn't see. So it's interesting that we're pairing it off like this, so. Yeah. So, I mean, and we didn't, I bought a bunch of scissors, but the scissors I bought were like, fourth grade grade school scissors so like they really only fit like two fingers so dustin and Peyton are trying to cut these massive holes out of these boxes and some of the boxes were more sturdy so thank god i brought all of my harry potter books as decor we were using the harry potter books to not only balance it was the great decoration up. that's what we were going yeah decoration to provide some decoration books. and then to kind of give them a place to stack things on and just being extra, we had Rebecca make us little mini potion bottles with different colors. And I think we, did we draw for spots, Michael, or did you all just pick one? I think we just picked. I don't, I mean, we I don't picked, remember yeah. to be fair, but. But yep, they're all kind of laying down, changing their posture, which you can see this is Stacy. They had a little hole cut out on the side for their tweezers, a hole in the middle to watch what they're doing. And then we gave everybody their own potion bottles. And it's, it's just actually all, quite close. They all have different strategies going. Like Antonio's kind of more like free form. And then Michael is clearly like planted on like two knees right there. And Stacy's kind of like angled. And then Tori is like belly first on the floor trying to do it. So. And Michael was not having fun during this competition from what I could remember. <laughs> I just knew I like I really wanted to win. Like I haven't won a competition this entire time. And I was really dying to win one. And I thought this was well, I definitely didn't think it was mine, but I wanted it to be mine. And uh, like I was just it was constant frustration. So well, and, like, I can imagine too, it must big be... brother comp. 
Sorry, go ahead, Dustin. Must be really hot too, like because I remember sending it up that day, and it was like probably nineties at least. Mm-hmm. It was a hot day in Nashville. Sure. So, yep. oh, does he? Win Tori killed no, this I, though. He, Look at him. He did kill it, but this lasted for a long time—twenty minutes, thirty minutes, something like that. I can't remember, but sure. it lasted longer than I thought it would, but also shorter than I thought it would at the same time. I want to see if they all fall right here because his kind of crashed down on him quite a few times. How'd you do, Michael? Do you remember if you you got pretty far or did you never make it past the second level? From I definitely didn't make it past the second level. I don't even know if I ever got like half the second level completed. I, usually I would get like one or two on top and it would fall. So, um, And then fun fact. So when I went to go pick up the supplies from Rebecca, Rebecca goes, okay, you've got two options of tweezers. Option one, option two. Option one was ginormous. They were like tweezers for giants. And she was like, it could be really fun to watch them do this. And I was like, but are they going to be able to complete it, right? As a host, you want to make competitions challenging, but you also want to make them winnable, right? Like you got to time all of this out and I didn't want this competition to go. I pretty much consider about an hour for HOH, and I think I try to plan about 30 to 45 minutes for the power of prefix. So the HOHs are usually a little bit harder than the prefix, but sometimes we swap um, the competitions. And this was one where I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure if this was gonna go an hour. I wasn't sure if it was gonna go 30 minutes. So this was a point where I kind of just let the universe do its thing. Um, and it worked out in our favor, I think. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it was fun to play test too. Like the night before, like you brought it all out, and we kind of did it. And so, and then this fun. this was another one that we let the uh, jurors and non jurors play. Yeah, yours were rolling around, and you were like, "These fucking things won't stand still." <laughs> so yeah, you can see Tori's strategy there, just kind of laying down. Um, Antonio had a lot of movement. Stacy was pretty steady. Oh, and Antonio was left-handed. So we had to make sure that we had one box that was at least left-handed just in case Antonio made it to the end. Now it looks um, like Peyton prepared them both. They, they all had the Oh, hand. right, 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 right. We didn't, because that's right. We didn't know if Antonio was going to make it through or not. So I was like, just cut, just cut sides in both. Cut, cut the holes in both sides. Mm-hmm. So lots of on the fly a little bit with this competition based off of who we had and when and all of that stuff. So let me see if I can kind of. And shout out to Kingsway Crafting Company. Um, I posted the link in the Facebook group and everything. So Congratulations. Uh, need some props like this. I got Rebecca. Uh, a couple of minutes. Yeah, like maybe. Oh, and then there he was with his kind of like final stack over here, I believe. Where'd he go? Yeah, Stacy with the legs up. Oh, I missed it, whatever. But Tori wins. Um, this was his this was his third HOH, second HOH, I can't remember. Um, um he tied that was... with Amber for one, at least I remember. So Yeah. Oh yeah, tied for Amber for one and then one another one because i remember he was in the house watching the gag gift competition go off because he couldn't play that one and amber did so he must have won the hoh before that and then oh yeah he won the hoh that sent erica home and then this one so this was his third his third hoh so pretty um 
pretty awesome. Three HOHs, a couple of vetoes, and almost every single power in the game he found and gave to other people. So Tori was a superstar in season two for sure. Um, Benji's asking, what are they stacking? They were stacking the little mini potion bottles. Um, and then that brought us to the nomination speech, which I don't even remember what he said. So we will go ahead and listen to that and see. But we also did get this great soundtrack that Bill prepared for these challenges. And I fell more in love with Dua Lipa from Potion. So great. Oh, job, that was that was the song choice for this one, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like making the playlist. Those of you that are interested in applying to future seasons, there's always a playlist that goes with it. What does the playlist communicate? I don't know. You'll have to throw your name in the pot and make and it into a game and see, I guess. Thanks, Snyder. I think Bill was thinking of Benji, our previous player. So when he saw the first name, he didn't recognize oh, it was you, Snyder. Yeah, my bad. Mm -hmm. My bad. Good question, Snyder. Does the entire soundtrack... Hmm. Yes. I think um, I still I, have it on Spotify, yeah. I can post a link here in a moment while we're we're watching this challenge here. This was not an easy decision. I spoke with all of you. Um, and I have my reasons for what I'm about to do, but um, Antonio, you might. There was clearly a play going on here, right? Because like, I was shocked that Tori nominated Antonio. I think Tori was getting on to the fact that Antonio had a lot of deals at this point. That's what he told me. And Antonio, he told me Antonio was the target for that reason. Oh, okay. Antonio winning veto hurt me. Uh, Michael, had things gone more in your favor, who were you going to target at that point? Probably Tori and Kendra. Oh. Yeah, I think oh. there was a point at the final five where um, me, Stacy, and Antonio just walked away, and we just had the deal that it was going to be the three of us, and um, Kendra and Tori were alone, and they knew very well what we were talking about, and uh, unfortunately, when Tori won, Stacy was able to kind of flip back and make them think that, that she was really with them the whole time, which is what, one of the reasons I ended up voting for Stacy. why I thought Stacy played an incredible game, because she has, was playing both sides here at the final five. Um, so that, that was kind of the plan was that we would target them. And then I I'm curious what would happen if she would have won. I think that's the bigger question. Um, so it was Michael and Antonio as our two nominees going into the final five. How does that make you feel? Did you think that you were good with Torio? Were you surprised when you got nominated? I wasn't totally surprised. Um, I guess if anything, I was surprised that kind of like you said, that Antonio became the target, but I did, I think it was before the nominations, even we all were doing our one-on-ones with Tori and Tori was kind of warning me that he might have to put me up, but he was also saying, you know, t uh, Antonio made this deal. Cause at this point it's like fight or flight for me. I was so loyal to Antonio, but we both shared that Antonio promised us final twos. And then I guess he had all, also heard something from Kendra as well. So he was like, oh, he's just playing all of us. So he was like, I'm going to put you up next to him. We're going to vote him out. And then we see how that went. And then eventually when we do our awards at the end of the season, unanimously, all 
15 of you, I think he even voted for himself, um, awarded Antonio the sneakiest wizard award. And he got the, well deserved. the, the Death Eater one. And that was wild to have 16 people cast that same name. Like, wasn't even debatable. So like, clearly I, things were going on. It, I, I respect Antonio because if things had gone more my way, I would have been in that same position where I had final twos with Pete, Dewan. Uh, Lexi, Antonio, right? Like that's kind of where I wanted to be. So um, unfortunately people just talk too much with Antonio. So uh, Kendra's here in the comments. She's saying if it was Antonio at the end, it seems like Tori was focusing on Antonio to vote out as well. Okay. So this was a pretty important pop comp for Antonio. And we know the results of what happens here, but this was... Think one of the funnest competitions. I mean, I don't even know. I wasn't outside to watch you play. It's one of the most remember, active, at least. So I remember setting this up. Well, I didn't really have a lot to set up. I kind of was just like, "You two do this, and I want this here to make it happen." While I'm doing all this, so Angel and Dustin are in the backyard stringing things up tape measuring things. I mean, like I put you two to work for this round. And when we were all blowing up the balloons, I think that was like, the, those were like the two biggest times where like, it was all hands on deck for prod. Really? So I would it, say like ducks are going to be up there. Oh, as well. and the like, ducks. Oh my God. You made us work all of those on that ducks. One. Yes. That was the third one. Um, and of course, Peyton's like, yeah, I'll make my dog. And then you and Angel had to like do them all. Cause Peyton just like screwed it all up. Right. That's what I <laughs> thought I heard. Um, classic, typical Peyton. Love you, bitch, but come on. You could have wrote a couple more dots. These are the behind the stage on production that we're <laughs> um, revealing. But this competition was called Quidditch Bitch. This was the one competition that I just could not come up with a name for. So I was just like, these rhyme. Let's just do that. I don't care. We're at the end of the game. Um, and we had three parts to this competition. So the players had to wear goggles that I think were like just really tight. Um, I don't know if it was like weird and wonky or just annoying to have on. So you'll have to answer that question. I can't remember why I picked those. I think they were just more annoying than visually um, weird. Um, but they had to put the, the goggles on. They had to throw a quaffle through three hoops. I think you had to throw it through each of the three or maybe just through three total that we had strung hanging down from the Airbnb because the, the pictures of the Airbnb made the backyard look a little bit longer, a little bit bigger. When we got there, I was really happy with what the backyard looked like, but I knew that we were going to have a problem with this competition. So we had to figure out a way to string the Quidditch hoops up. So we had one of them on the balcony, the other one down, pulling and yanking rope. So Dustin can talk a little bit more about what that was like. But then once they got the ball through all three of the hoops, they had to throw a, a ball up and hit it with a baseball bat, which I'm told... <laughs> everyone struggled with like a lot uh and then once they hit the the bludger with the baseball bat they had to find the snitch now we hid the golden snitch which was like a little yellow ball in this like hole in a tree across the yard it was very like to kill a mockingbird boo radley in the tree and Everyone on Proud was like, is this too obvious? And I'm like, oh, they're gonna find they're gonna find this yellow ball in like 0.7 seconds flat. And then everybody's like running in the house, like <sighs> out of breath, being like, that ball was so hard to find. 
And I thought it was like staring at us right in the face. So I'll show Michael playing the game. But while while Michael's playing, I'd love to hear um, what was going on with you. And then Dustin, if he'd like to share any more details about the setup, the takedown, how this kind of worked. They had to hit a timer. You were out there the whole time with them, I think, with Angel, who was explaining the rules. And then Dustin and Chris I was were filming everything. Balls thrown at my face. Yeah. That's what it was. So let's do that. So they start the timer, they put on the goggles, and then I love the little dual cam cameras here so we could actually see what was going on. Oh, so that's where you were. You were behind, so you were getting the balls thrown at you. Oh, yeah, so you had to make it through each three hoops. Was this hard? Was this part hard? This was the. This is definitely one of the harder parts of the competition. Um, Kendra, as you can see, I'm like right there the whole time, but I could not get it through. What made it so hard? The softness of the balls, the height of the hoops. Was it windy? I think probably the softness of the balls is probably the hardest part of it. Um, also, a factor with the glasses here was obviously I had the choice to take my glasses off, but I figured I would do better with them on under the goggles. And I don't think that helped me too much because it was kind of like, I don't know, it was just, it was even more awkward on my face with my glasses on too. I think we just wanted to make you guys look silly and make it feel like yeah. you were playing Quidditch. So that now I will say reason. when we when we get to the snitch part, I, I think that's probably where the distortion comes in the most because they're they're kind of they're kind of like the blue blocking lenses where it makes oh. everything look orange. So everything has like an orange tint when you're wearing these. So oh. the yellow in the tree, I, I do contribute that to like kind of. It, I think it blended in a bit too much. Also, I will admit that I'm more of an average height man. That's a political way of me saying I'm short. So um, I definitely, it was definitely above my eye line. <laughs> See, I think Michael oh, you did hit good. the ball the fastest. It's not um, be like deep if brush. we could recap on Stacy's, we might be here for like an hour. So until she actually hits the ball. Also, Stacey there was so much brush. You just, you figured it was going to be in the brush. Like you'll see, I'm just like, I don't know. It was like, where else would it be? It can't just be in the middle of the field. So yeah, it was good. I think we were like, we were like, it's somewhere in the yard, right? That's mm -hmm. kind of all you we were We gave given. them a point A, point B. It's in between some of these. And literally where point B was, that was essentially where it was. And that was my other thought process was you guys made that point B so far back. I was like, I don't think they would bring it into other people's yards unless it was hidden on that side. So I was pretty Ew, convinced. You moved, you moved to the pie cover. <laughs> <laughs> that's where all that gross pie yeah. stuff was when we put that there did it smell <laughs> oh yeah that thing was disgusting <laughs> and it was really fun watching the audience too i think one of tori's fans was watching and watching the countdown like we there saw was. the times ourselves um i don't think we told you folks how well you did until the very end but you see the audience just like cheering and counting, watching that timer go off. They're like, come on, run faster, run faster. I love, I, I love, once we figured out the dual camera situation, now I got to do a mini plug to Nikki's uh, Survive and the whole Survive team. Their live streaming process for Survive was amazing. I was part of that media team last summer and it was just phenomenal to watch. It was exceptional to be a part of. I can't wait to do it again this um, summer. Uh, if you're not watching Survive, go and follow Survive on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube. Their Survivor game is amazing. Um, and they kind of got a nice little live set up. But we were just working with little Facebook lives and have the two cameras going, one with the timer, one on the players. 
I just love engaging um, the audience. That's my yeah, favorite part of, well, I mean, I love seeing their faces when I tell them there's double expulsions and I love hiding powers and, you know, making the games, but getting them to be so interactive with the fans is always so fun. And we had so many people watching this season. I mean, I think at one point we had a couple hundred people in the, in the like viewing lounge at least michael anybody that reached out to you after the show to be like hey i watched you great job super exciting to see yeah you know um it was interesting because i I wasn't there we go oh you were like fuck (laughs) and then he needed to work my body in that little hole um no yeah i was really surprised even like from my exit interview coming out and just seeing so many comments i didn't expect I didn't know what to expect. I wasn't familiar with Hogwarts before, but like coming out, like I just, it was a lot of people for sure. How long did, were you, when you got home, did you go back and watch everything or did you just like pick some spots? Yeah, I kind of, I was like, I, I wanted some, I can't remember exactly what I rewatched, but there was definitely some things I was like, I want to hear what people had to say. So I don't know that I ever did do like a full rewatch, but there was definitely a couple that I picked out. I was like, all right, what are they saying about me? <laughs> yeah. And I wish that we could stream like the confessionals and stuff live, but you know, with, yeah. to keep the integrity of the game and we're not like a CBS production and all that stuff. So um, I'm glad that we get to do them now. Um, and maybe we'll post them all mm-hmm. in a file or, or like in a, in a, in a folder. So people who aren't watching the recap as part of the cast can at least go and watch yeah like as a production note too like bill and the whole production team we're talking about like expanding i know we're on facebook right now but instagram would be cool to maybe a little youtube channel to follow along with so we're in the works of adding stuff and seeing what might be useful for the audience for us for the players so stay tuned to see more from big brother hogwarts and anybody who's watching, the four of you that are live now, or any of you that watch this later tomorrow or in the weeks to come, if you're like awesome with graphics and you love social media and you want to like put your hands and being part of a production team, I mean, we're all great. And I love the people that I work with, but I could use some help with some graphics and social media and marketing and PR and all that stuff. So there is a place um, open if you want to kind of do some stuff at home that we can push through social media. Definitely looking for a social media sorcerer. And this here oh. is uh, Erica still tuning in. So miss you too. You're going to be very up, busy soon. Um, and then that brings us to our power of prefix meeting. So Antonio wins the power. Antonio was like the pop queen of the season, I think. No HOHs, one HOH maybe. I don't think any actually, but a lot of pops. Antonio was always winning a pop cop. So he obviously used this to save himself, but I do want to show a little bit because I think in like the top five things that happened this season, this made my top five. It was just so funny. So I just want to show a little clip here of our pop meeting. For those of you that were watching when the game was happening, you'll recognize this, but uh, you are about to enter the upside down. <laughs> so Antonio pulls himself off. And Tori puts Stacy on, who then has to sit next to Michael, who is iconically 
And while I didn't show your initial speech, you say something like, oh, you should vote for me because who else is playing this game upside down? Like, that's why I should get the veto. It was really, really funny. I thought it was really funny. I just had I don't, like, uh, <laughs> I think that might have been something I went back and watched. And like, I, I, heard, I saw people like saying that I was being cringe. But like, I just had like so much nervous energy. I think that's where it kind of came from. I was like, I don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> Well, and you guys were so tired. It was so hot. You guys were all so out of breath. I mean, like, I remember you coming in and being like, Ugh. oh, yeah. And, like, pe people were like, what are you about to make us do? So that was a really, this competition, the competition that follows were pretty intense, um, like, action-wise and running and stuff like that. So yeah, and I don't just run. laying down and, no. yeah, going upside <laughs> down, I think, was a way for you to relax. Yeah. Um. So then our final nominees are Stacy and Michael and only Kendra and Antonio are voting. So that brings us to our little video that you've prepared, Dustin. Let's see here. And I've been told that this one's a little bit more unedited. So this we get one to see... is entirely unedited. So since we're awesome. talking about like behind the scene and a little everything, so I thought it was fitting. Uh, let's see here. Share my audio. So, I mean, I still put a, like a cover picture at least. So we got to keep things straight. So, <laughs> or four, two, two, two. two. Clearly, I, I we can't count. It would be three technically because I got saved. Oh, okay. cool. Um. Oh gosh, I clashed that. This we were launching and everything. Oh dear. So I'm um, a little recap. It was top production, okay. Okay, so <laughs> I got put up in the last round. I was probably a little messy in the double. That's fine. Um, I said some words to some people and some, the wrong, some people think the wrong people went home, but I wanted to try to keep Mike as long as I could. I gave him my word and I won, and I want to stay true to that. Um, I did give my word to other people um, on yesterday um, about working with them, but I want to say well to Michael as long as I absolutely could. Can, you, can you elaborate on some people, some people? Oh, so some people being Nick, Juwan. Uh, I really wanted to keep playing with them, but Nick, his target got too big for me to be comfortable because he hit one out. And then Juwan, it was really hard because he saved me, like he saved my game. And I did not return a favor to him, so I feel really bad. I feel like if I was at the end, I absolutely have burned that jury vote. Um, well, that kind of leads us to the question. Um, it's very hard to play a perfect game here at Big Brother. Do have you, at this point, nobody knows how it's going to end, but do you feel like you've made any mistakes this time? Yes. Um, it's a social manipulation game. You know, you say what you need to say to people to get you through to the next round um and sometimes depending on what happens or people who are chatting like it can catch up with you um and i guess here at this end portion of the end i think i did a really good job yesterday of like just kind of keeping everything like low my name was never coming up um i was only put on the block that one time because amber said she was scared by me by something that i never did um so 
Well, speaking of mistakes, and hopefully this isn't going to be a mistake, who are you expelling from Hogwarts here today? I love him dearly. He's like a brother to me now. Uh, unfortunately, I have to vote to pick mine. All right. Thank you. So just a little recap. Um, what's what's going on with you that this, right now? I made it to final four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't think I was going to make it here whenever I was nominated against Lexi. I was like, they're going to keep her, but I made it through. I talked my way through. Uh, We know it's very hard to play a perfect game here with Big Brother, any kind of game like that. At this point, you know, we can't predict the future. We don't know how it ends. Kendra, do you think you've made any mistakes along the way? Um... Yeah, I probably did, but I've been really honest with everybody other than one person, and I told him I was keeping him, but I didn't, and that was Ray. Um, everybody else, I pretty much have told them how I was voting. Um, and only won one comp, um, so my mistake is not being not being able to win more comps, so I could have gotten other people out. But um, I don't know if this is a mistake but uh, on my vote, but um, I've got to go with what I've had since day one, and that is to keep my Ravenclaws together and vote out Michael. All right, so Dustin, how did you come up with the questions? Um, did you and Angel plan these, or were you kind of just like using what people were saying for the round to lead you to questions? I put the two of you in charge of all things expulsion. So walk me through the process of why you asked what you asked. Um, Generally, I had a question prepared for each interview session, except for one. I think it was last round. We asked the the audience, people watching in the viewers lounge, to be like, hey, what would you like covered? Uh, They said a lot of things that we had already covered in the other ones, like who are you working with, so on and so forth. And that's where we came up with the question of who were you most threatened by? I usually try to gear it towards something happening that round. Um, For instance, like this is getting to the end. You're thinking about like maybe mistakes. I think the question previously, like, hey, we're getting close to jury. How do you handle the jury? So really like gauging the situation and going from there. Everyone got the straight up same exact question. Um, I tried verbatim for most of them. But of course, there's hiccups along the way. But Everyone got the same question, and I wanted to see everyone's response to that. Um, Michael, you've played a couple. We've talked about this already. Um, Some live reality games are all about filming and confessionals and recap everything that you did. Some live reality games are one or two questions around like this. Some are zero, kaput, nothing, just play the game. what are your least favorite, how do I say this? Do you like game? first of all, what kinds have you played? Um, and do you like super intense where it's edible and it can look like a show? Or do you like it a little bit more organic, couple of minutes to kind of think about what you want to say and then go, or just let me play the game, don't ask me any questions at all. As a player, what was it like? Well, first of all, I'm a big shit talker. So like I want every opportunity I can to do that in confessionals. Um, And I play both into the spectrum where like, you know, Real Foot season two, at least it was fully edited episodes. And like I had uh, 
I talked a lot of shit in that. And then there's things like Big Brother Missions where it was just kind of, it was live streamed, but there weren't confessionals. You just played through. Um, and this was kind of like somewhere in the middle. And I thought it was a nice sweet spot. Do you wish you had more opportunities to talk to the camera in BBH? Or do you feel like this was good? I see everyone's different. I think for me, I definitely would uh, like, I think I benefit from like letting out my energy talking to a camera instead of like saying it to people's faces. So I think for me, like it, it like it benefits me. And also I think it does. I think it did weigh into a factor towards the end of the game for me where I was on the block three rounds in a row. So the end of the portion, I didn't give any thoughts on the game. Um, so, and I had a lot of thoughts. I think I could have <laughs> filled a few confessionals. No, that's true. Maybe we should let the nominees go out just to do their confessional for the round. Write that down, Dustin. That's a good <laughs> idea. We'll I don't want to silence. Spot. I don't want to silence anyone's voices. And Big Brother Hogwarts, we want everybody to be heard. Um, but if you're on the block, you did something wrong yeah, to get there. True. So <laughs> maybe you do deserve to be. I, so going back to our notes, Bill, I think we have this written down already. Like, okay. if you take out your phone, too. I think that's yeah. So um, going back to Bill, like Bill is the main engine behind Big Brother Hogwarts and everything, especially like season one, a little bit more help with season two with a bigger production team, per se. Um, how do you prepare for all this? Like, Bill, what goes through your mind? What Which is a crazy it, thing to ask. What doesn't go through my mind? Um, this is a this is a juggernaut. Um, I mean, I'm thinking about it all of the time. I'm talking about it all of the time. And I have my students, I, I, I prioritize creating the game so much that I've turned, I've like gamified teaching. So my students who um, are in my Speech 101 classes, I put them into eras, Taylor Swift eras, and they play the eras war, and all of their speeches are themed after a Taylor Swift song. They don't have to talk about Taylor Swift, but it's like themed after one of the songs, and they earn boost points all semester that they can use to purchase powers to screw other groups over, to cash in for extra credit. Um, in my group communication class, they straight up play Survivor. So I put them in tribes and they compete. In my intercultural class, we do some elements of Big Brother, some elements of the challenge. That one, there's a little bit more. So I'm constantly trying to invade this idea of creating games into my work life as well. Because when I find a challenge that works really well for my students in a speech class, I go, how can I put this into the game? Or vice versa. Also, the balancing things that we've done um in bbh i've incorporated into the classroom because i have all the materials and why not who teaches like that so it's fun so i'm constantly thinking about things to do but the number one thing that i think i struggle with the most is i think big brother hogwarts is different than any other live game that i've ever seen play out because it's you're not just playing the game you're living the game i try to thrust you into the wizarding world and it tells a story the round, the round one challenges are part of the story that will lead you to the round two challenges that tell part of the story. The twists and the powers are integrated into the overall narration. So I want, just like how Harry Potter is, you know, a series of novels and a series of films, I want the game to tell the story that is our twist or our cast or whatever. So I try to weave everything together so that in the end, you take a step back and you go, oh, look at this, this Harry Potter and the 
whatever book I just read is the is the show that I'm in. So a lot of the times I get pushback. Well, not pushback. I get frustration from my prod staff because they come up with all these amazing competitions and I'm like, that's great. But the theme for this round is newspapers because they're reading the Daily Prophet. So how does balancing an apple on your head relate to newspapers? You're gonna have to convince me of that. So I'm constantly challenging my pride, my prod members to kind of like fit their ideas of what they think the game should be into the theme that I've set. But also I try to like nurture that and teach them how to tell an overall story. Cause I feel like I'm a storyteller as like a public speaking scholar. I like to tell a story, but I'm always thinking, I mean, like I literally watch Big Brother, survivor the challenge traders what have you with my ipad and i'm like oh we could do this competition but we'll just make it chocolate frogs instead of da 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 so like i'm taking notes i am studying um i am writing things down i mean i eat sleep and breathe playing this game it takes so much work and as dustin could tell my uh little google drive that i have is like detailed down to the minute where i'm like 10.07 p.m. to 11.45 p.m. dinner, um, little things like that. And I really, really try to stay on schedule. But, you know, people pay to play this. They fly from out of state to play this. So I want to give them a unique experience. I want to give them what I feel like their money was worth. Um, and I don't want to just watch another competition where people balance ping pong balls on the bottom of a solo cup. Like, I want it to be different. I want it to not saying that we can't do that. I know a lot of games do things like that, but um, this is not this is not your minute to win it kind of a live reality game. And I think a lot of um, competitions that we see in orgs and LRGs are quick and easy and painless. And I want them to be magical and creative and unique. And I like to twist what we know. We may play a game that was featured in an org, or I might shout out a game that was featured in a live live reality game, but we always put our big brother Hogwarts twist on it to make it incredibly unique to us. So lots of gears or spiraling staircases moving around up here 24 seven, but it is a team and Dustin comes over a couple weekends and we sit down with the notebook and we workshop some stuff. I'll call on hell and I'm like, what are we doing for potions, Mr. Chemist? I'm always telling Chris, how is this gonna look on camera? Is this doable on camera? Um, Peyton's my big tester, Peyton and my family, they test everything. So it's, it's definitely a team, but always, always, always thinking up here. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, were, I think, you know, that as a host too. We were literally like in your living room, we were, had some idea about brooms to use. And it, we were like, let's try this. Let's grab the brooms from the closet. Can we do this? Oh, Can we do that? Like yeah. in the middle uh, of a Sunday, we just grabbed the broom and went, went with it. <laughs> we're like, this doesn't work. And then we tried again. We're like, oh, this really works. I have no idea what challenge we were going for. What are you doing? Uh, I have no idea. Yeah. Michael, um, same as like a player, you're coming into this game. How are you like prepping yourself coming into a game? You've done a few before, so you kind of have some kind of experience. Like as a player coming in, what do you prep yourself for? Well, first and foremost, this one was interesting because I didn't know till maybe two weeks before that I was playing, maybe even less. Um, so I, I didn't spend a lot of time preparing. Um, I think, number one, what I should do in the future is prepare physically. Because like you said, um, it, all it took was me running like for three minutes and I was out for the count for the day. So um, that would be advisable for me in the future. Um, here's the thing, like kind of like Bill, 
as I'm watching reality TV, I, I play online reality games. Like I'm kind of always preparing, right? Like I'm always keeping my mind fresh on how things could go, what type of competitions there could be. Um, like I just, I'm so Im immersed in the reality TV world that I, I don't know if it sounds cocky, but I don't feel like I need to prepare, right? Like I, like I feel like I'm always in that zone. So um, that's kind of how I walk in. I just go in and trust my gut and yeah. If you stay ready, you ain't gotta be ready. Exactly. Right? <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, it's it's hurt a lot of relationships in my life. I mean, like, I legit cannot sit down and enjoy an episode of Survivor with my partner because it is me flipping through my legal pad and putting notes and arrows everywhere. I mean, like, it's work. I, I would love I get voice to messages, usually every commercial. You're like, oh my yeah. gosh, this is a great thing. We have to steal this. Oh my gosh, that yeah. challenge. How, how can we, we do this? do this Harry Potter. Blah, blah, blah. Like, yes. Um, so it, I'm like, Bill, it, we cannot build this. This We not doing this. We're but it's fun. I mean, like, it's- We're it, not I drowning. I always go back and, and watch it, but yeah. Um, well, we do have Michael's little goodbye message here, uh, his little exit interview. So let me share that really quick. We will do our clue. We'll say our final thoughts and then we'll wrap things up tonight. Uh, what do I have? Here we go. But if you have time, Bill, go watch Stacey try to hit that ball. It is hilarious. Like production. <laughs> yeah, I gotta go. Nine. I gotta go watch that. In this season's second unanimous second decision. Unanimous decision. Stacey, you live to see another round. Michael, I'm sorry you have been expelled. I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna goodbye, so I'm not better, but I'm just gonna go. Right, My favorite exit. <laughs> Um, so let's pause here for a second. Michael, you couldn't really tell. Um, there's a reason why you were wearing those glasses, but you were quite emotional at the end of this round. What was what was so emotional about this? Uh, kind of like I said earlier, like, and I did not expect to get like that because I'm not usually like that. Like it just, like there came a point where everybody sat me down, Antonio, Kendra, Tori, and they're like, it's you. And like, I, like I'm just sitting there and like I'm looking at all my options in front of me. All the people that could possibly save me are sitting right there telling me it's not going to happen. And like that's just something I wasn't prepared for. Like you're telling me that I just have to sit here and accept that you're going to vote me out and there's absolutely nothing I can do about it. Like it felt so defeating to me. Like not only that, like I said, like I all those jurors were my allies. They were my friends. Some of them were my friends outside the game. Like I knew if I sat there that I was going to win. And like I felt like I just like I didn't have to backstab anybody. I didn't win competitions because, and I didn't have to show my cards. And I felt like socially I played the best game I possibly could until that point. And it was like, I don't know. It was like getting hit by a train when you don't expect it. Like, and there's just like, everything's going great. And then boom, it's like, everyone's like, you don't stand a chance. And I was just like, damn. And I did, I tried a lot. And there was one thing I did at the very last second that I wish I had done a little bit sooner. Cause I think it would have worked because I still was like, I'm still going to talk to you all individually. So I started pulling people off and was like, the, like, you can't tell me I don't have a chance here. I finally pulled Kendra off and I was like, it hit me. I was like, Stacy's playing both sides this whole time. And I'm sitting next to Stacy. I'm like, Kendra, you realize that you're like playing into Stacy's hands here, right? She made a final three with us. And then I saw the light bulb go off in Kendra's head. Um, and she was like, she immediately went to go talk to Tori about that. Cause she was like, you're right. She's kind of being a snake. 
she went to talk to Tori. I saw them talking, and Tori was just shaking his head, like, no, it can't happen. Um, and I felt like if I could just talk to them a little bit longer there, or if I came up with that idea a little bit sooner, something could have happened. But yeah, again, like, you know, I'm in a group chat, and like, uh, we all play LRGs and stuff, and like, all of them have won LRGs, and like, this was my time to win one. And like, I was going to come back and be like, yeah, I'm just like you guys now. And I couldn't. And it was heartbreaking. So that's exactly how I felt when I watched my game slip out of my hands when Denny took the idol from me when I played Coco Pellet. And I knew it. I knew that if I didn't have that idol, I was gone. And I made it so close to the end of my little survivor experience. I also was eliminated at final five. So the final five person always holds a special place in my heart um, because. That's usually nine times out of 10, in my opinion, one of the biggest threats to win the game always goes out at final five. So let's hear what you had to say in your little interview here, and then we will wrap things up. I don't know. <laughs> well, hi, Michael. <laughs> That's a very good question. Um, that was a very unprecedented exit. Um, so I'm just going to jump into that. Um, what what happened? You just kind of left. I just like we'll hang out party later. We'll have fun. But like it just feels weird to like oh let me just end your game and I'm gonna hug. Everybody. I just I don't want to do it. Yeah. I'm not like a big hugger in general, so it's like why would I like you kind of did me wrong. I don't want to hug you. <laughs> Yeah, um, I'm already getting uh, boo, tomato, tomato. <laughs> Billy said king shit, LOL. Boo, this blows. Uh, Stanley says, love you, buddy. Great watching you. Um, Michael, you were um, a very, 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 very last minute replacement. And to make it all the way to final five um, is such an accomplishment, seeing as you didn't know two weeks ago that you were playing this game. Um, so walk me through. Um, kind of what's going through your mind at this moment it's like i'm so so mixed like i've never done this well in a live game before um so like that's like fuck yeah but then it's like i was so close and i know if i sat in the final two i was gonna win i just knew and i didn't even need to win anything i just knew like my connections and the people and how they're leaving the game and i knew that like i'm gonna go in there i know the jury would have voted for me and that's kind of like all you were what you were saying all yeah already <laughs> Um, so any last thoughts before we have you hop off here? Uh, it was, this was so much fun. I thank you guys for putting on an incredible experience. And like I said, I didn't even, I didn't even know how much it meant to me. Like this game meant a lot and, uh, you know, not to be selfish, but you know, if you ever need, uh, another fifth place boot, I'm right here. So there you go. Well, I think Big Brother Hogwarts season two absolutely would not have been what it was without you. You were such a character in the game and i mean that in all of the best ways when tensions were really high you were always there for a joke when people weren't taking things seriously you were always there to light the fire you really progressed the game forward and i mean you started it with the bang grabbing that power and playing it in round one so you were very present from the moment you walked into the door to the second they sent you out and it was just so awesome to watch you play. And I really didn't know you before this. So 
Uh, yeah, this was, was again. I I didn't even know Hogwarts, but now I love Hogwarts. Yeah, you know, I'm yeah. not even. I'm more of a Star Wars fan. I'm not a big Harry Potter guy, but like, <laughs> it made me want to go watch all the Harry Potter movies after. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you're playing for Hog, you're playing for Gryffindor, blah blah blah, and you're like, I'm there, great, good. Like, here's all the reasons why I'm going to win this game that I have no idea even exists, and it was awesome. <laughs> I loved it. You were one of the most vocal people in your prod chat pregame than anyone in season two. So not revealing too many details, but Michael, you had one of the most interesting exits. And honestly, at the end of the night, I think you and your wife had one of the most interesting exits of the night as well. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Which Jabber, nothing ever happened about that, by the way. So great. We're all, we're mm-hmm. all off. I completely off. forgot about it's that. I remember now. Yeah, I <laughs> now you remember. I was like, I don't know but, if that's coming out. I should probably tell somebody. <laughs> no, that's all right. But thank you so much for joining us two weeks in a row, Michael. It's always great to see you. Don't be a stranger. And uh, tune in next season when we do Big Brother Hardware Season 3. I absolutely will. Thank you, guys. Bye, Michael. Yeah. All right. As Dustin and I wrap things up here, I do want to end with our clue into Season 3. We've been going over a wide variety of clues. But I think Michael... Hit the nail on the head here. There are some people who really do well when they're in front of a camera, we'll say. And in season three, the players will have plenty, plenty of opportunities to make their voices heard. More on that next summer, of course. Until then, that is it for tonight's episode. We hope that you enjoyed episode eight. This was one of the most fun rounds. It was sad to watch Michael go, but we had such an amazing final four in Tori, Stacy, Antonio, and Kendra. Two women, two men, a variety of ages, a variety of experiences, a variety of different parts of the country that they lived in some people who have played a bunch of games some people who haven't so i know as production we were pleased to see this as our final four and this purge round that we are going to get into next week is killer <laughs> so, <laughs> i can't wait to show you and for those of you that don't know uh this is a brutal part of the game to just cut someone but We just do one competition and the loser gets eliminated from the game. No vote, no HOH, no way of protecting themselves. It's just the weakest player in the competition is booted. And last season, a super big threat to win the game fell victim of the purge. And this season, I think you can argue an even equally or maybe even bigger threat to win the game fell on their sword here at the end. Maybe we'll do a little bit more. Uh, let let us know in the comments. Obviously, we're not going to see a bunch tonight, but let us more in the comments if you liked seeing a little bit of the behind the scenes of how we come up with ideas and how we run things. I know I could talk about how I run my game until I'm blue in the face. This is something that I know Dustin really enjoys. So maybe we can even do a whole little episode on how we piece together the elements that make up Big Brother. But let us know if that's something that you want to see. Um, super excited to bring some purge members on next week as we watch and discuss what it was like playing in the purge going out and then in just two short weeks we will wrap things up with our finale episode where we recrown our winner and that might not be on a wednesday i'd like to make sure that we can get stacy here and stacy's been having a hard time coming up on wednesdays so 
TBD on the final date for the finale, but in just two short weeks, we will be done with our Penn Sieve recap. And uh, we'll just flood the Facebook group with a bunch of season three stuff, which is, I know, what the most of you care about anyways. But thank you for those of you that stuck with us all night long. And uh, we will see you next week with a swish and a flick. We're out. Bye.